Hi, it's Dan here for Dusty Discs Radio, and this is the podcast Liner Notes, revealing chats with Canada's retro music makers. Today, I'm thrilled to have as my special guest, Canadian icon and international recording star, Sass Jordan. We'll be talking about her new album release of a 1994 concert. We'll talk about her travels and the life of a career entertainer. We'll get some other insights as well about her multifaceted career. So stick around for a look inside the Canadian music scene from someone who's been there for many decades now. So thanks for joining me today, Sass. How are you? I'm <laughs> great. So you're retro. How do you feel about that? Well, I feel I've earned it. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Well, that's great. You got this album coming out live in New York, 94, which uh, I listened to. It sounds fantastic. I, I love that live feel and that live flavor, and you captured it perfectly in that. I'm glad. I'm so glad. I love this record, too, and people seem to be really digging it. So, yeah, it was the right time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, there's such a spark, right? I mean, you you were at the, you know at your career. You're you're young. You're hungry. You're you're playing. You guys, everybody's playing great. Taylor's playing great drums, but the band sounds great and just the spark, you know. Yeah, absolutely. You said young, hungry. You forgot stupid, but that's <laughs> that's all part of it. <laughs> yeah, so that's part of the gig, I guess. Right? That's uh, yeah. So so from the from the audio, you could. It was raining that day. Is that right? Did you get rained out or something? Yeah, it was, we didn't get rained out. That's the thing is I don't, I don't remember it exactly or precisely. I just have sort of these impressions. Like, you know, you woke up from a dream and you have these impressions. Yeah. So I do know it was raining. First of all, it does say that on the record. So it was like, oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I remember that. But it almost seemed to add to the whole ambiance. It was outside. Yeah. And uh, obviously, because otherwise it wouldn't have mattered if it was raining. But yeah. um, there's there's something about you know everybody being together in a less than ideal situation that makes it even more intense and urgent. Well, well you mentioned that actually in the concert. You do mention that you say you guys hung in there and it's been great and the vibe was just cool. Yeah, absolutely. It makes cool. me think of one of the greatest shows that I ever saw in my life, which was a cheap trick show where it was pouring rain, just pouring rain, but no lightning, no thunder. Otherwise I would have been like, see you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah there you go. <laughs> I just remember it being absolutely magical. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I get, I mean, it gets dangerous at some point we were doing a show in Merritt one time and there was about an inch of water on the stage and the guy oh, called no, it and shut the power okay. down. So, no, it's like, you're okay. talking about electricity and water. Not yeah, no, that's <laughs> Mm-hmm. Well, good. Well, super cool that you were able to recapture that vibe and 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 get it back on uh, sales. And one of the f- cool things for me about doing these podcasts, we've done so many now, but I get to revisit the catalog. So I have like a, I had SAS day yesterday and I went through your whole catalog and listened to a bunch of stuff and it's just super cool. I would encourage my listeners, if you haven't had a chance to do that in the recent past, to revisit SAS's stuff and, and go through it because it's just so, so super cool and, and great tunes and great playing and all the different band configurations. You've had quite a few different configurations in your band throughout the years, but they've been consistently really good. Oh, thank you. Yeah. yeah. And it, it's all over the place too, by the way, isn't it? It's like yeah. that's the thing when I look back at all the stuff I've done, which I never actually do, but just, you know, in the, when you, when you're talking to people like yourself, you have to start thinking about the past because that's, yeah. what, that's <laughs> what everybody's interested in, you know what I'm saying? Plus a live album would be, I mean, all albums are the past at, at some point, yeah. but uh, it, it's just uh, amazing to me how many styles I visited, you know, yeah. it's just, but I love music. Yeah. You know? And I don't, 
I'm not inclined to stay to just one genre at all. It's just not my thing. And, you know, that's cost me on some, in some uh, instances and in other instances, it's, you know, it's been terrific and I don't regret a thing. Well, I appreciate you saying that because in the time that we grew up, we're, we're similar age, but when you grow up in the sixties and seventies, I mean, my, my dad used to say, well, you're listening to heavy metal. I said, well, we listened to James Taylor. We listened to Led Zeppelin. We listened to deep purple. We listened to Cat Stevens. We listened to everything. Santana, like, come on. Yep. Ooh, I like you, that. Great choice. Of <laughs> yeah, I know. And it was the golden age of music and we got to influence all of that. So when you sing, you bring all of that to the table. Yeah. That's interesting. You just made me think of that. It's like, I had such wide, varied influences. It wasn't yeah. just one style or one type of thing. Wow. that Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it completely makes sense for somebody that grew up when I grew up, you yeah. know, being exposed to FM radio in the seventies, which was not um, constricted as it became mm-hmm. later on, you know, it was just, it was so compartmentalized, you know, yeah. but I grew up in Montreal, Canada, and we listened to this station called Shome FM, and they played everything. So yeah. I was exposed to everything, you know, from from Quebec music to, yeah. you know, the British invasion, the British stuff, the American yeah. Canadian, everybody. Yeah. Well, it's funny because you should mention that because I did have Jean-Marc on the podcast. Him. Oh, he's great. I mean, I'm a huge fan oh. of the box, and I saw you, your videos. Yeah. Did you see that video? Oh yeah, absolutely. That concert. Did you see it with me and and Marie Ob- yep. Marie Carmen? That was her name. Hundred oh percent. It was like it was like like aerobics. Yeah, no, it was good. No, you guys were dancing up a storm, but I loved the box. I thought they were a great band. Oh, they were fantastic. They really, really were. I love them too. Good. So, so you were in. The, he spoke very highly of you. But the funny thing he said because you're in the video for. Um, for closer together. together. It's not me singing. Yeah, I know. But I, he I, did say that. Oh yeah. We've said it over and over yeah. and still to this day, but you know, people don't see everything or even if they do like me, they don't read the fine print. <laughs> well, whatever. But he, he made, he told the story about the video and why you were in the video, but you were in the band after for a period of time. Anyways, I'm assuming. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. I don't, what did he say? Uh, you know what? I should just listen to it. He said, no, he said that, um, the, the girl who sang, uh, sorry, I forget her name, who sang on the album. Monique's something. Oh okay. God, I don't her name either right now. Yeah. God, so, huge star in Quebec at the time. Huge. You so know? what he said was she didn't want to go down to Dominican, I guess, or wherever it was you did the video. And he said, yeah, well, Sass, <laughs> Sass was good to go. She didn't care. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> In the middle of a Montreal winter, I get to go to a Caribbean island. I, I know, mean, exactly. So that was, yeah. Plus with all my friends and have a black. Oh, we had the best time. Oh, the yeah. No, it'd be great. Well, the video is cool, too. I mean, it's great. That was just a fun we, video. We absolutely hammered oh. <laughs> most of the time because did he tell you this story no we we were filming at this fort in puerto plata which was on the at the on the north end which is on the north end of the island and we we started really early in the morning it's all those outside shots in that fort right. so we started early in the morning and we went to like i don't know quite late in in the afternoon but somebody who shall remain nameless, <laughs> forgot to bring water. And I don't oh. need to tell you, it's a little warm. 
Okay. Especially when you're, you know, running around, scooting around, shooting a video. So it was like insane. We, everybody was dying of thirst. So some brilliant person went and got us cervezas. Oh. And everybody was damn thirsty. It was like we drank all that beer so fast <laughs> and we were hammered. It was a blast though. Real blast. <clears throat> Not the next oh, day. Yeah. No, <laughs> <laughs> so well that so you grew up in Montreal. You came out of there. Did you speak French? Did you sing in French as well? I, I've sung in French a couple of times, but not as me, not, not, um, you okay. know, on any of my records, but on other people's records in, in Quebec. And I learned how to speak French with the box because I okay. could not stand being around these people that I had so much fun with and they would be talking, everybody talking, and then they all start laughing hysterically. And I'd be like, right. what did you just say? <laughs> so I, it, that's how I learned. It was like, I have to learn because I cannot stand not being part of the conversation, as you can tell, because I'm a bit right. of a yapper. <laughs> well, yeah. it's funny because he, he mentioned that you, like, you came out of Montreal. He did as well, but he's French Canadian, right? So he's, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Italian yeah. French Canadian. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Pizza no. pie. That's there you go. <laughs> no, that was good. So, but the cool thing for you, what also struck me was by the time you did your solo stuff, you were already really established and your voice was really set. Like, like even on your first album, your voice sounds mature, not like some other artists where they, the first album or two, they're still trying to find their voice. You already had that because you had a lot of experience through the eighties. And the seventies. Yeah. I started my first, I started working as a professional musician in the late seventies when I was like 17. Wow. And I was the bass player and co-lead singer of a band called the Pinups. And cool. we would play, you know, six nighters and there'd be like six sets a night. Yeah. You know? And oh yeah, I was, I was seasoned. Trust yes. me. I, I came up in the clubs. That's how I learned in the bars, in the clubs. Yeah. yeah. Singing so every the, night. Yeah. And that's, that's a good way to cut your teeth and get yourself where you need to be. Right. Mm-hmm. So did you have a plan? Like, like, did everything happen no. by accident or you no know, plan? No. <laughs> oh, that's the, what a great, <laughs> no, I sure as hell did not. No. Oh yeah, actually I did in, in the sense is I was going to do something. Yeah. I was definitely going to, that was my plan. I'm going to make something happen. I, it wasn't even, it was more like, all these people that I so look up to and that I think are so amazing and who are doing what I think I want to do yeah. are going to end up being my friends or people I work with. And that's exactly yeah. what happened. And considering how I started from like not knowing anybody or having no connection to the music business whatsoever, it's astonishing. I don't, it's like when you have something in mind and you're absolutely focused on it to, to the exclusion of all other things, it will eventually happen. Yeah. It, it just will. Or something similar, or it'll happen so much later that you no longer care that it happens or not. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. Life is an interesting thing. But yeah. I, it was obviously destined. That's I, I was destined to do it. I think that's probably a good way to put it because some, some people, you know, they have this meticulous plan and stuff, but plans never go as you plan anyways. And if you're passionate, you just do, you follow your nose and wherever it goes and see what happens, right? Focus. Absolute yep. single-minded laser-like focus. Yeah. Yeah. So with your singing, did you, were you trained as a singer or did you just no. have that soul? 
<laughs> sorry, I'm sorry, I'm laughing because I just, no, it's good. I'm just like, oh my god, I so had no clue what I yeah. was doing. I just knew I wanted to do it. Yeah. And um, I remember going uh, early, 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 like in the '70s, going to a voice teacher because I I was losing my voice and I could like I, you know we were doing heavy heavy touring though you know like oh, and yeah. like in bars yeah, i know the feeling yeah smoke everywhere yeah. And, and really late nights and i mean not but i wasn't oh, yeah. a chicken at the time so I, I was able to bounce back but i went to this vocal teacher and they said to me if you continue singing the way you're singing you won't have a voice within a year i was i said well f you yeah I don't care what you say. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna have to go do this by myself. And so I did. In the yeah. end, Dan, I ended up um, in the early 2000s. I did a five month stint off Broadway in New York, singing a Janis Joplin songs, and yeah. uh, they. It was the hardest thing I've ever done in my entire life because yeah. it was, you know, two and a half hours plus. I had lines. I had to speak. It was yeah. a two woman show. Right. And they had, they had different singing Janices and different uh, talking Janices. So Hmm. anyways, I had to find, I had to find a way to save my voice. So I ended up going to this incredible voice teacher in New York, Don Lawrence, who, who worked with Mick Jagger and Bono and Lady Gaga and all of these people. Uh, Although at the time nobody had heard of her. She wasn't out yet. I don't think, but, um, and he, he's the reason I learned how, I learned how to preserve my voice because the voice is a muscle, you yeah. know, and if you don't exercise it consistently. You're going to start losing it. You know, you lose the tone. Yeah. Right. And so that, that's really, and he, but he never said to me, Oh, you can't sing the way you sing. He said, let's well, yeah. take what you sing and let's make it so that it lasts for you. Right. No, good. No, that's a good point because, uh, I mean, I guess genetically some people have an iron voice too, where it does bounce back and you've still got that. Very few. Maybe, maybe Glenn Hughes. Yep. It's about it. Deep Purple. (laughs) Is that that who you mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. He's a great singer. Look at David Coverdale. He's not not the singer that he was at all. That's right. Yeah, that's right. And that, and that you're right because guys like Robert Plant and stuff too. I mean, too much smoking and drinking and singing at the top no, of your range. It's not, it's not smoking and drinking. It definitely is not that, which we're taught that it is that, but I'm going to tell you right here and now it's not that because I did both. <laughs> right? It's, it's, it's got a lot more to do with your energetic store. What's how you store energy in the body. And it, I, hmm. I, I mean, this is deep stuff. This is deep stuff. Yeah, okay. Go, go deep. It has to do with that. It has to yeah. do with that. So like you could, you know, there's people who uh, smoke and drink to the age of 110. And then there's people who smoke and drink. And at 32, they're not, you know, doing so good. Yeah. It's, 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 it's relative to the individual and the amount of energy that you store. Whole for sure. Yeah. There's a mental component. I know I, I do a Bob Seger tribute, right? So I have to, I mean, he sings really high, but I find that's alcohol, I, I don't drink, but yeah, that's but hard. alcohol really would affect my voice. If you're singing an A or a B or something, and it's just not drinking is the one thing that helped me because I know alcohol kind of constricts my vocal cords, it seems to. Yeah. I haven't, I haven't yeah, drank for years. It can dry years. it out too. It can dry yeah. it out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. for sure. 
So well, cool. Well, and so on this new album you've got coming out, I hope lots of people go out and buy it because it certainly is. Um, you know, you were talking about uh, that natural sort of feel and the live feel and recording. Because when you go into the studio, I don't know what your experience is, but it's kind of an artificial environment. Like you're building the song. It's not like playing a gig, right? Well, it can be that, but in the past, the past two records that I've made, we've done it live, live off the yeah. floor. It does make a gigantic difference. You're absolutely right. Um, because it's like a live performance and yeah. then you might overdub a couple of things, you know, like some backups or, you know, yeah. like a snare hit or what have you, or a guitar solo. But when you, when you approach it live, for me, it, it retains an enormous amount of energy that I, that it, for me, not everybody, but for me is lost when, when you're building it block by block. That's a, that's equally as fabulous, but it's a completely different approach and not so much um, compatible with the type of performer or singer that I am, right? Yeah. But, but like some of my favorite records on earth, like Steely Dan, are completely block built like that. Yeah, you know? fair enough. Yeah. I adore them. I adore them. It's just a different approach, yeah. Yeah, no, you make a good point. But I, I read an article just recently about how some of the 70s tunes were perfectly imperfect. Yes, exactly. It's, and it's I, a great I, way to put it. Yeah, people enjoy little mistakes. And they the do. feel, the feel and the groove, right? And yeah. Is the groove, yeah. is the overall vibe of this particular take great or not? Yeah, yeah. Right? 100%. Even if it's messed up and like a couple of notes are off or whatever, but in this day and age, you know, you can always tweak the damn note. Right. But uh, going for perfection makes it also sterile if you're not careful. You're, you're right. Steely Dan's a good example because they came out. I'm, I'm a huge fan, obviously, as well. But, <laughs> you know, some people will make a record and it's so perfect. It's not that good. Yeah. Well, um, I find a lot of the records that have been made in the past couple of dec in the past decade or, or two, you know, with the, with the auto tune and the, mm -hmm. it just, it sounds like robot music to me. Right. And it just, it's not, it's not my thing. Yeah. Yeah. You need soul. You got soul girl. Yeah. <laughs> so, so tell me about Taylor. Tell me about Taylor Hawkins. Cause he, you know, you, you basically broke him or, or how you, yeah. you gave him an entrance into I the business, right? <laughs> no, no, Taylor. We found Taylor um, by happenstance, very lucky happenstance, although I don't really believe in luck. I think it's all, right. you know, destiny. But anyways, um, he was living in Laguna Beach, California. I was about to go out on tour with the Rats record, no. and I needed a drummer, and we were looking everywhere, and it just had to be the right person. Anyways, he drove up from Laguna to do an audition with, audition with us, and um, he was as green as green can be. Well, like he played everything 10 million times too fast, et cetera, et cetera. But it didn't matter because his energy and vibe, we knew we could, you know, rein yeah. him in and that he would be able to do it. He, he had the goods, but more than the goods, he had the most spectacular heart, energy, charisma, love, joy, passion. He was just a spectacular human being back then. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? And it, it, from the second you met him, you knew he was going to go, he was going places, you know what I mean? Just because he was undeniable. Yeah. Everything yeah. about him was just so, so beautiful and so powerful. 
anyways, and that's exactly what he did. You know, yeah. he did, he took what, it, what he was he he took the opportunity and he just kept going and he got bigger and bigger and bigger hmm. and rightly so. And yeah. he never ever stopped being the wonderful, humble, beautiful human being that I met that day. Oh, good. Yeah. He had a sparkle in his eye. There's no doubt. So you must have been devastated when you heard about his death yes, last year. It was, it was, uh, wasn't good. wasn't good. No. And did you, had you stayed in touch? I see you did a, a concert with them with when David Grohl had a broken leg. You got up and yeah, did stay with me. Yeah, 2015. No, Taylor and I would talk. We would text all the time. Oh, okay. Cool. And talk on the phone a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. Well, good. Well, yeah. Well, it was a big deal. I mean, it was on the news when he passed away and I was like, wow. I, I, he, he's still here. He's still yeah. here. Yeah. Well, and that was cool. So the, the reason I brought that up is obviously for obvious reasons, but I mean, he's also on this album, which is great too, because it kind of gets you to, um, to pay tribute to him in a sense, right? Yes, it absolutely does. I mean, it's, it's part of it. You know, it, it, the fans have been asking for live, a live record for years, you know, and, and it just never felt like the right time. And then Taylor passed Nope. And then a year went by and it was just, a, and, and the guy, one of the guys I work with said to me, you know, maybe, maybe you should think about putting out a, a live, the live, something live. And why don't you do that one that Taylor's on? Yeah. You know, as, uh, so it's, it's, it's for the fans and it's at the same time, it's a tribute to somebody that you loved deeply and was loved by so many other people deeply. Yeah. You know? yeah. No, that's great. Me. Yeah. It's yeah. just, well, like you said, the stars align sometimes, right? And exactly. things are just meant to be. Exactly. So, and then I saw you did the, uh, the sassified sessions during COVID. Was that a way <laughs> to keep yourself from going crazy? <laughs> yeah. Oh well, yeah. It was fun because it was like, you know, gave us a chance to hang out and just, yeah. you know, play some music. Uh, I, and I love the people in my band. I just love them. You know, yeah. they're my really good friends and they're amazing musicians and it, yeah, it was a chance for us all to get together. Yeah, good. Well, I, I would encourage our listeners to go and check that out too. It's uh, they're on YouTube and stuff too. You're just sit, basically sitting around, hanging out, playing some songs, and went over to our pals. Yep, our pals' yep. place. Just yeah, cool. Went for it. Yeah, and you've got uh, you got a half a dozen dates coming up here. You're going to be out west here, but I'm going to miss you because I'm going to be away myself. But you're coming out to Sherwood Where Park. Are you? Well, I'll be uh, I'll be up in Fort Mac actually. When you guys are in Sherwood Park, I'll no, I'll be in Penticton. We're doing a big car show up there. Oh and, wow! Cool. Yeah. So where are you right now? I'm in Vancouver. I live in Surrey, just outside of Vancouver. Actually, okay, I know where yeah. you are. Oh yeah. wow! Cool. So, but um, you got three dates out here. I guess you're going to do the Maple Ridge Fair too with our our friend okay. Bernie Aubin, who uh, books all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. I think that's. Yeah. Uh, and then you go uh, to Prince George too. Yeah, that sounds right. That cool. sounds absolutely right. Yeah, it's going to be fun. So, but you don't tour near as much as you used to, right? You used to be a real road warrior. Oh my God. Yeah, no, you definitely not. No, <laughs> thanks. Oh my God. Fastest way to the grave, I say. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, you, it, that's part of the thing. Like with this live album, you can, it, People are saying, you know, like, what was it like? What was it? And really, what I remember is just the exhaustion. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's soul sucking, you yeah. know. 
I mean, it's it's just not good and it's not healthy for anybody. Little bursts are fine, maybe like two weeks. Like what I do in the Netherlands, I'll go for like 10 days, right? Yeah, right. And but again, it's too many shows in a row. I don't I don't think anyone should have to not people who sing like me should have yeah. to do more than two or three shows in a row. Like that's enough. And then you need a day off. You know, you yeah. need it's it's like, you know, when you work out, yeah. you can't work out crazy heavy every day. You gotta take yes. rest days. It's exactly the same thing. Cause it yeah. is a workout. And so half the time with people who do what we do. It's, you know, your rest day is a damn travel day. Well, that's not rest. You know what yeah. I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, no, fair. And that's a fair point. Well, I'm like, and, nah, I'm over that crap. Yeah. You know, well, plus being it. being out of town for too much, it, it's like an alternate universe you're living in. Yeah. I mean, it, it just doesn't yeah. make sense. It just, I, I, and I'm over it. I've been doing it since I was 14 years old and I'm yeah. 95. So forget <laughs> Not quite yet. You still got uh, you still got a few years to go. But yeah, that, left. But yeah, yeah. The right things are going. Don't blink. Yeah. yeah, there you go. So you toured a fair bit in the states, but you didn't um, you didn't do concert venues in the states, right? You were doing opening slots and kind of just, just trying to establish yourself down there a little bit more. Um, because you lived in LA for how many years? Eight, year, eight years. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Do you mean like headlining big concert arenas? Is that what you mean? Well, the thing is, yeah, because you moved to LA, right? And then you and you did that thing with um with uh, for the bodyguard. No, I, did, I yeah, I did a lot of uh, theaters, like Fox theaters, and right. No, I did I and yes, and support stuff. Yes, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did I do? But I don't think I was ever doing. I, I wasn't headlining like uh, you know, big arenas or anything like that. Yeah, well, the reason I ask is because you know a lot of Canadians go down to the states and they try to take get into that market, but it's a tough slog. You got to tour like crazy and try to oh, break that's in. Anything though, it's honestly Dan. It's the same anywhere. It's yeah. the same anywhere. And um, I, it was in so all of that stuff when I was living in the states, etc. It was we played in Europe a lot too. Okay, um, but it it was it was just such a intense yeah drain you know and after five years of it i was like man i don't i'm not into this anymore screw this yeah. and then i got knocked up and moved back to canada right. and and then of course when you have a child it's a whole especially as a mom i don't know i mean dads too but it's different you know when you're the mom you know what i mean yeah that's so fair enough yeah. it was, it was you know, things just, I just wasn't interested in it in the same way as I had been before because I knew exactly what it was all about. Right. Fair and enough. So not as glamorous as we know, as yeah. it looks from the outside. Yeah, no, that's, that's right. You're, you're tired a lot. And some, some people describe it as just a blur, right? Like, you know, just doing one thing. And it was, it is a blur. Like, I don't yeah. really remember. People go, so tell us a story about, you know, and I'm like, uh, <laughs> uh, I can't remember. I mean, occasionally something will happen and I go, Oh God, that reminds me of the time that blah, blah, blah. But yeah. asking you to download like, you know, tours. Yeah. Well, I have a couple, I do have a couple, but they're yeah. old and have been used before. Yes. Are you going to, you going to write a book on all your experiences? No, or? I don't write, you know what? Never say never, but um, it weirds me out because, you know, not everything is um, sunshine, buttercups, raindrops. Yes. 
and do unicorns. Mm. So uh, like, and I don't want to say anything negative about somebody who's still around. Yeah. Yeah, You know, but, but, uh, but to tell the story, right. I'd have to, you know, yeah. Say that kind of stuff. It's well, all stupid anyway. I mean, it's just whatever. Humans are humans. I guess. Yeah. It's it's funny because I read Chrissy Hines' book and she said she had to wait till her parents had passed away before she could actually write the book because <laughs> they wouldn't have wanted to. <laughs> oh my God. I want to read that. Is it good? Yeah, it's good. I mean, I you know, she's pretty rough, right? I mean, she went through the whole punk scene in, in England in the 70s and stuff. Oh, and yeah. It was pretty, pretty raunchy, right? And got together yeah. with the bikers and stuff. And she tells some pretty, pretty hair raising stories. But oh, um, my goodness. Yeah. It's, yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't have that. Yeah. So, I'm boring. I'm just boring. <laughs> but I, I, people are interested in that part of it, too. I mean, that's part of what we try to do with liner notes, too, is sort of peel back the curtain. And, and you know, you're right. It's not all unicorns and rainbows. There's lots of, like you said, you're exhausted. You got record deals and all this other crap coming at you and trying to manage your life. And, you, of course, you got pregnant. You came back to Canada. I was going to ask you why you came back from L.A., but that you answered that. So Yeah. I, I mean, I have to agree, though. It's much more interesting to hear all the dark hair raising stories really in general it is like i mean i you know you want to hear the juicy stuff yeah i guess but you know, like, i get it i don't i, yeah. I have no, nothing against it it's just that i personally i'm not about to give that up anytime yeah there you go so gordon lightfoot just passed away did you have a connection with him did you meet him and work with him at any oh, time I've, no I, well i met him a bunch of times because he used to come to the canadian idol set a lot i think right. he was friends with the producer, okay. a lovely guy, lovely guy, brilliant, brilliant guy. I, like what a brilliant musician. Seriously. I mean, some unreal. of the most iconic songs of all time, right? Unbelievable. I love it. And so I have enormous respect for him, but I did not have a personal, okay. a real personal, you know, relationship with him at all. Other than, you know, meeting him a couple of times. Hi, yeah. how you doing? Okay. Yeah. 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 That's right. So yeah, you were on Canadian Idol. Did you enjoy that? Oh my God. One of the most hilarious times of my life. Oh, we had so much fun. So much yeah. fun. You look, looked like it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we just laughed nonstop, yeah. but it was a cast and crew and the really funny stuff was not fit for a family TV show. Okay. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So you really didn't see the really great stuff. Yeah. I mean, there was great. I mean, they did a tremendous job, I think. You know, the producers did a tremendous job of, of making a great TV show. That's exactly yeah. what it was all about. It was a great TV show. Don't for any, not for one second, could you, don't get misled by the idea, oh, it was, you know, a talent show. Or anything. No, it was a TV show, right. like all reality shows. There's nothing real about them. Okay. I, and I'm sure I'm not saying anything anyone doesn't know. Yeah. They're entertainment. If they were real, you'd be bored for 60 minutes and there might be one minute of something funny. Right. You but know? it looked like it was pretty low pressure. Like you guys were pretty loose, right? Just having um, fun. No, there was pressure for sure, of course, because it was, it was a TV show. So there's timing. There's yeah. exhaustingly long hours. Oh, my God. Sometimes we'd sit there for like eight to oh. nine hours. And I'm sorry, yeah. but- most of it was absolute cacare, as we say in Italian, yeah. also known as shh. Yeah. And, uh, and so the, the, the boredom was extreme. Right. Extreme. Okay. Um, but we, so we had to entertain ourselves with, you know, hilarious laughter. And that's yeah. 
what happened. Yeah. That's what we're seeing. So what did you learn from that show? Did you learn anything? That- I learned that reality TV isn't real. That's what I learned from that. Yeah. Yeah. Life. You make a good point because, you know, if a camera followed you around, okay, now you're having breakfast, now you're brushing your teeth. Like there's nothing interesting about those things no, you have to exactly. create, you know. <laughs> I mean, it might be the first time if you're like some huge star. Yeah. You know, yeah. People might go, oh, well, that's how they brush their teeth. <gasps> yeah. Oh my uh, God. <laughs> they're going on the left tooth instead of the right. Exactly. Well, that, it's like, <laughs> yeah, totally. So what was your connection with Miles Goodwin? Did you ever work with him? You guys oh, were on- I've known Miles since I'm, uh, how old was, maybe 16 or 17. Okay. I mean, because they were from Montreal. I yeah. loved April Wine. Oh, yeah. Loved. They were like heroes. You big fan. And, uh, you know, we have a lot of, uh, shall we say, similar, or we had this, we were on the same record label. Yeah. We worked with the same people, but they were 10 years ahead or, you know, 10 to eight years in front of me, like, you know, I was eight or 10 years behind them is what I'm trying to yeah, say. That, no, that's what you see. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't the same thing when I was starting out as it, you know, they pretty much, that's how Aquarius Records started was because of April Wine, I believe, mm-hmm. and Terry Flood. Um, and of course, Donald, Kid Donald, Donald yeah. Tarleton and, and, and Rags, Bob Ramaglia, all, you know, all of them. So we would cross paths. Okay. And that's what we've been doing our whole lives, crossing paths. I mean, we never really hung out uh, except for backstage a couple of times, yeah. you know, never worked together other than I, did I, I may have played some shows with them. I probably did. I just you know, yeah. have a very bad memory. Um, it's me young. Yes. It's just a blur, in- right? It's just all a big blur, isn't it? The, 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 the spinal too. tap, wasn't that from spinal tap? It's all just a blur. Right? <laughs> Man, it keeps you young. You yes. get history you might as well have been born yesterday it's that's funny so a couple other random things but i i saw you interviewing kiss in 1983 what a awkward kind of weird embarrassing pieces oh my well they were just weird i thought they were just weird no you know what i was an idiot okay i was a complete effing idiot because (laughs) i didn't like kiss yeah Okay. And I was asked to interview Kiss, which was because I was doing this, uh, this, this TV show, which was called Radio Video in Montreal. And this is pre much music, pre music plus, pre all of that. Right. Okay. So this was the only outlet that anyone coming through Montreal had to do video and all their publicists, all the record companies were, you got to do this show. Mm. Right. Yeah. And I happened to get the job. As the uh, you know the the, the 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 interviewer, and which excited me because I was like, I'm going to get to interview all these people who are doing what I'm going to do. Hmm. So I was like, this rocks, dude! Um, this is so cool. <laughs> Anyways, sadly, I I had zero. In case you can't tell from that interview experience, yeah. interviewing people, do you think? that perhaps it might have crossed my 22-year-old mind to maybe do a little bit of what is known as research. Oh, no, my son. I'm just going to wing it. You know what I mean? Because, you know, when you're 22, P.S., you know everything, right? You know everything. You can do anything. Anyways, so it does. all I know about Kiss in that interview is that I can't stand them. The music. I'm talking about not the people, yeah. I don't, but yeah. I hated the music. So, um, uh, but I did know it was their 10th anniversary. Yeah. But so, 
it didn't occur to me that maybe when you've been playing for 10 years, somebody asking you how you started out yeah. might be a little redundant. Well, I guess. So, listen, at this point, in retrospect, from where I am now, I completely understand why they behaved the way they did in that interview. And you know what? I don't blame them. They were like, what the hell are we doing with this freaking high school dumbass <laughs> who's like asking the dumbest question? Doesn't this, hasn't this person done any research? P.S. No, she hasn't. Wow. You know what I mean? It's like, what the hell are we doing with this stupid interview? And I completely get it. I completely get it. Yeah. Then years later, Gene Simmons flew me to LA. First time I'd ever been to LA because he wanted to manage me. He did oh. not remember that interview at all. Of course oh. he didn't. Why okay. would he? Like, yeah. you know? Oh my goodness. And so we had such a laugh over that. We had yeah. such a laugh over that. Oh. I'm telling well, you. Well, good. Cause I thought when I watched it, I thought they could have been a little more charitable to you knowing yeah, you're a young girl. I really kind yeah. of understand though. I really <laughs> do. It's so like how many times were they asked these you yeah. know, they're on their 10th anniversary tour. It's like, you sh maybe you should know. Like, yeah. maybe, maybe, you know, take the time just to do a little, a little research. Yeah. That's all. Well, fair enough. No, I, and I've, Jason, yeah. I, I agree with them. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, no, it's, I, I mean, you're right about that because I, when I do yeah. these podcasts, I spend, I, a day, I spend a day, you know, going through stuff. Again, right? You're a professional. Yeah. I was a turkey. I was a 22 year old turkey and I just didn't know any better. I wouldn't, and nobody told me, no, you know, it's not like any, they just, I just didn't know any better. Yeah. Yeah. So a couple other things. So, so when you were in LA, you, you did a duet with Joe Cocker for the, the bodyguard. I mean, you must've felt like at that point you're in a, you're not in Kansas anymore, uh, Dorothy. Oh, like you, yeah. Like, cause Joe Cocker is one of the, one of my ultimate, I, oh my goodness. Like one of the greatest singers ever. Yeah. And, and then I ended up doing a tour with him for like two or three months after. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Cool. Okay. So he wasn't there when I did that vocal on okay. that Okay. He'd already done it. So he never went in the studio with him. Correct. Correct. Yeah. It, okay. it, 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 he had already done, that song had been recorded five years previously oh. with another singer, a wonderful singer who's I'm so sorry. I, I I just can't think of her name right now, but um, she was wonderful. She was Australian and she's just passed recently. And she was just an amazing, a wonderful singer. And what happened was, I don't know if you want the whole story. Do you want the whole oh, story? Sure, yeah. Yeah, please. Okay, so what happened was Kevin Costner, who is the guy that directed and starred in that film alongside the extraordinary Whitney Houston. Yeah. He was in charge of the music uh, and he wanted, and he was a massive Joe Cocker fan. So most of that record, as you know, is Whitney Houston, Yeah. but then there's that Joe Cocker song on it. And he wanted, cause he wanted a Joe Cocker song on, on the soundtrack, but he wanted to update it uh, for the film. And he wanted, so he, he said, I'm going to get, you know, an up and coming singer to replace the singer that was originally on it. Who did a phenomenal job, by the way. She was okay. amazing. Yeah. Um, and he was driving, the story goes, he was driving around LA one day, listening to the radio and make you a believer. One of my songs came on the radio and he Love went, it. that's nice. I yeah. want that one. And that's how that happened. Um, so when you got the call for that, your jaw must've dropped. You must've thought, okay, I this is. Like, Holy Hannah, I'm going to sing with Joe Cocker. But I didn't know 
that he wasn't going to be there. Yeah, right. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. But I'll tell you what, that one session, I learned so much about phrasing just from singing with him. It was like a yeah. mind blowing. And then a couple of months after that, I went on tour with him. I was, I was nice. support opening for him. Yeah. And, you know, every night after my show, after the, after my set, I would have to leave to get to the next gig, right? We'd oh. have to travel all night to get to the next gig. So I never, ever got to see him and, uh, and talk to him until the very last night. Yeah. I was friends with his managers. I knew his managers. The very last night of the tour, they say, Sass, you got to come back and meet Joe. And I'm like, about effing time. Yeah, jeez. That's weird. He's only like, one of my biggest heroes of all time. Anyways, they take me back. And they go, Sass, this is Joe. Joe, this is Sass. And he's like, oh, oh, lovely to meet you. And and I said, Joe, I just want to say singing with you on that song is one of the greatest things that's ever happened to me. And he gives me this blank look. <laughs> and he's like, uh, right, what? Like that. And his manager, Lindsay, jo jumps in and he goes, no, no, Joe, she's the one who sang on on, on, on Trust in Me in, on the new version. And he's like, oh, oh, he had no idea. Wow. He had no clue. That, wow. Oh, my God, the story of my stories of my life. I That's swear funny. To God, it was so funny. So was he I, just zoned out or what, what was his, what was his well, thing? He was like me now. Yeah. He's just S-H-I-D. He just wasn't paying attention. It's like, okay. I did that. Yeah, that's done. I'm not thinking about that. I'm, you know, he's just like, I get it. Yeah. I so get it. Like, I get where all these people were then. Yeah. I get it now. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah. yeah I, I get it. I, I mean, I, I get it too. Cause he's, he's being managed and he's just going from one place oh to the God, next. Yeah. And, and I, and I feel he may have been a little, he may have been a little burned. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a little bit of that, just a snatch, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 I said any who, because I love saying yeah. that. Yeah. Any yes. who. So then you had a so I, I heard your Van Halen story too, which was pretty cool. I mean, you got that voice, like that that raspy, kind of nice, soulful voice that sort of fits anywhere. So it, it was interesting when you told that story about how the Van Halen guys clued into your voice and had you over and got you to sing on some of their stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. I wrote that whole, I wrote it all out. Yeah. And it's on, uh, I don't know, I think it's on my Facebook thing. I think yeah. that's what it is. Yeah. People yeah. love that, I must say. Yeah, that was an amazing experience as well because I had been, you know, a raging, raging, raging Van Halen fan. Of course. And, yeah. and going to see them live and being like an ant in the yeah. ant hill that was watching that stage. Never. You know, if I could have foreseen the future at that time, you know, you're just a, a kid in the audience, and and not and in the nosebleed seats, no less. Yes, yeah. For the you know close up, and I it was uh, yeah that was something. That but was I often say about certain bands, like like when certain bands come out, like other bands, they sort of work their way up, and then other bands come out and they just sort of boot the front door in and say, you know, we're here. And Van Halen was like that. Like when that first album came out, they just literally kicked the front door in. And all, these, all of us musicians are like, oh my God, who, who are these guys? This is they so worked really hard before that first record. Yes. You know what I mean? Like it, it, it didn't, it, it may seem like that, but it really, it never really is that. Mm -hmm. And it's always, it's always timing who you know and how much money you got. Yeah. 
That and and also it helps if you're you know good. <laughs> well, I mean, one day I never heard of Van Halen, the next day they were my favorite band. That's, yeah, that was yeah. kind of my experience. I was like, oh I my god, it. I get it. I you totally know. get. It. Yeah. So hanging out with those guys, was there ever any chance that you might have, uh, you know, sort of been in doing an album with them or anything? Nah. I mean, no? who knows? Who knows? I know that they were looking for a singer. I, I you know, I say all this in 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 the uh, stuff I wrote. You do, yeah. They were looking for a singer. I know this because Ray Daniels told me, and and also Sammy had left, you know, and yeah. then they ended up getting um, Gary Sharon, who did a really good job. Sorry, but he did. If you go and look up the Van Halen shows with Gary singing, yeah. he did an amazing job. And how hard was it to be the guy that, yeah. you know, replaced Sammy? Just like Sammy replacing David, David yeah, Lee Roth. For sure. You know what I mean? But Sammy already, ha- he was already Sammy. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. And Gary was Gary, but it was like, uh, like Gary had been in in extreme, you know, that band extreme. Yeah, for sure. He was great. I just pedigree. It's not like he he came out of nowhere, but Sammy Hagar was already, you know, Sammy Hagar on his own, you know, like his own shtick. Right. So he did have a lot of that going for him. Um, and also he was great at it. Uh, but Gary got, Oh God, you know, and, that honestly was part of the reason I didn't have the balls to face that. I was like, can you imagine Van Halen with a female singer? Hmm. Cause I can't. And I, I was like, that's what, and that's what I said to the boys. I said, like, you know, you're not actually thinking of having a female singer in this band, are you? Because I think that is the worst idea <laughs> I've ever heard. And the pair of them look at me with these big saucer eyes and they go like, uh. no, 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 no. Meanwhile, I talked to Ray that night and I said, I swear to God, Ray, I swear to God, they, I got suddenly had this vibe that they were like actually thinking of like having like a female singer. I didn't even say me. You know what I mean? I was like, there's no freaking way. And I said, I, and, and, and Ray goes, well, of course they did, you idiot. He goes, (laughs) I told him that was the worst idea I'd ever heard of. Yeah. (laughs) Which is what I said so they must have yeah. been like holy shit but yeah it would have been interesting it would have been yeah. interesting but I am a hundred percent happy I didn't do it because yeah. I could have because I could have been branded forever as the chick who destroyed Van Halen <laughs> well I can see the lure that. of your voice because your voice you got the range you got the rasp you got the tone oh, it would have been great I'm, I, I yeah. honestly think it would have been great Yeah, but I also think that if it hadn't done well yeah. I'd have been branded with that for the rest of my life but the thing is about like like gary for example it was just a vibe thing more than anything like he was very capable like there was no problem with his actual talent and his ability and even his presence i just think it was it a vibe it didn't fit. yeah i agree just, yeah. it was that was a political decision by the way you know that mm. right no i tell me oh totally. it was totally political anyways but we won't get yeah. into that okay we don't <laughs> want to mess with stuff it, yeah. it is past and who gives the H S H I T at this point? But yeah, but everything you know, the old music business, everything was political. Now I would say it's less so in the sense that because people have more uh, dominion over 
Like there's there's bands out there right now, Dan, that are so massive that you've never heard of. Hmm, interesting. Same to me. Yeah. And it's because of social media. And it's yeah. because of, you know, people being able to create a community around something, like-minded people that like the same stuff. And it's it grows and grows and grows and grows. And they all know each other because they're interested in the same thing. Yeah. Right. And 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 you or me might not be interested in that thing, so we don't hear about it. Then suddenly one day we find out about it. And these people have like a million, two million. You never even heard of them. Yeah, yeah, it's a good point. It's, you know, so I, yeah. I I I think I far prefer the landscape today. It's still extremely challenging because now everybody has access to a some sort of platform. So now you gotta find a way to make yourself heard. Yeah. Above, you know, the, the the noise at the at the at the bottom level. Everybody's on it, you know. So how are you gonna stand out? But this makes you, this forces you to have to use your creativity, yeah. right? And 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 it forces you to find your own tribe. Yeah, and if you're breaking, it's a it's a bit of a different story. I mean, you've got the springboard of a really successful and long career, so you can sort of go into that world and and you're yeah, going to get an automatic. Yeah, I was never that huge, you know what I mean? I was yeah. never like Van Halen. You yeah, know what fair I mean? enough. Yeah, I have a I have a definite pedigree, absolutely, and I work very hard and long, and um, I'm definitely, I would say somewhat of a pioneer. I would not say I'm the only one. I mean, there's mm. many, but when I came out, there wasn't a lot of people like me, Right. which doesn't mean that I wasn't following in the footsteps of others that, you know, that did happen, you know, Yeah. but I definitely think I've earned it. Well, you have a fan base is what, in my point, you know, that you- I, I agree. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. And, and, yeah. and I love them. Yeah, Thank and you me. and you've got some new stuff coming out. You've got you've redone the the ninety four. Your website is fantastic. Whoever does that is spot on because that's oh, I'm gonna tell it. Well, beautiful website. Oh, thank you. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait to tell her. No, good. Yay. Well, that's no, it's good. it's excellent. Like it's very very well put together and really <laughs> pro and just top notch. So so that helps. And then you're active on social media too on Facebook and stuff. So you're you're engaged. Oh God, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Listen, I'm never gonna stop. Yeah, good. until I drop. I ain't stop till I drop. <laughs> I ain't gonna stop till I drop. Because what the hell are you alive for? Yeah. Right? Why are yeah. we alive? To yeah. have fun, to expand, to grow, to have experience. You know, I'm not I'm not uh even if I was in an old age home, I'd still be doing shit. I'll good tell you what. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, no, good for you. And, and, you know, like that old adage of, you know, find what your gift is and share it with the world. If you want to have a successful yeah, life. Exactly. You know, Cause yeah. I want to hear, Yeah. I want to yeah. hear what your gift is. I want to hear it. You know what I yeah, mean? Like for go sure. for it. Yeah. And that ladies and gentlemen was the retro dinosaur. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. So, and, and you've, you've rubbed shoulders with tons of people. I mean, you've been right there. Like, and, and I saw the concert with Jeff Healy when he came out and played, uh, make you a believer with you and stuff. How did that come about? Um, I think it was because the stones, like Keith was a huge fan of Jeff. Okay. And he said, maybe, you know, maybe we could get Jeff to play with us. And I oh. think that's what happened. I don't really 
Yeah. No, but I think that's how it happened. Yeah. Well, it was one of those concerts, wasn't it? A Canada Day or something? It was one of those. SARS was a a concert for the the SARS release. Right. Yes. Okay. It was like pre COVID. It was the practice run for COVID. Right. Yes. And then, of course, so those are multi band stages, which end up being a bit of a. Oh, my God. Tons of it. But they were on that entire lineup that day. I think there must have been. I, you know, correct me if I don't know how many, but yeah, at least bands, at least or eleven or twelve. Yeah. And uh, out of all those twelve bands, there were two females. One was me, and one yeah. was Kathleen. Oh my god! I can't believe I just forgot yeah. her last. <laughs> oh, she's so good. She's so good, and I love her. And I can't think of her yeah. name. Oh my god, Perfect. Kathleen. Come on, don't you know? I don't, I don't have a list of the of the artists oh that day. So, yeah. oh gosh, oh gosh. Anyways, yeah, that's she's okay. Phenomenal, she's yeah. phenomenal. She's so good, and her name is Kathleen something. She's from Ottawa. Hmm. Oh, don't, that's don't know the name. Okay, well, we'll look it up after we're done. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, that's so- all good. Well, no, you've uh, so you found your way through the music business. I mean, you didn't get. Uh, you didn't get chewed up and, and spit out, I guess, as some people oh, do. I did about 35 times. <laughs> at least, at least. So is and there the anything? Business yeah. in, like, was, you know, you're, you, it, you, you have a shelf life and you're yeah. disposable. Yeah. That's the music business. Yeah. But actual music and people who love it, there's no end. Yeah, there's no, and there's nothing to retire from. People ask if when are you going to retire? Well, there's nothing to retire from. You just adjust your life to what you want to do. Exactly. And do I'm it. Not neat. Yeah. So, is there anything that you'd change if you if you could go back and and change anything? Or no. you? No. No. Not not a single thing. Uh, why would you waste your energy changing? It, like you can't. No, because you wouldn't be where you are now. And I I I absolutely love life. Good. I love it. I love it all. I don't like it when it's stinky and shitty. I don't like it, yeah. but I love it when I come out of it. Does that make sense? Yeah. And it and it's the contrast that makes it so <laughs> great. And either you get through it or you don't. Either way, I'm good because I'm not from here to begin with. And yeah. neither are you or yeah. anyone else. We came from somewhere and we're going back. Yeah. Come on. But you know what? It's, it's <laughs> nothing about it. There's nothing I want to change. No. Yeah. Good. Okay. Well, good. Well, because I often ask my guests, are you happy? And sometimes, you know, it's it's a 50-50 kind of a thing, right? Because people can go you, through a lot and have a lot of success and not be happy at the end of it. And so. Oh, most of them. Always you have to ask yourself, what is the point? Why am I doing this? Yeah. Why? Just ask yourself that. Am I doing this for other people or am I doing this for myself? How do I feel about that? Whatever your answer, it doesn't matter why you're doing it. It's how do you feel about why you're doing it, you know? And that's it. That's it. And if it doesn't make you happy, then dump it. Yeah. Well, that's good. No, I appreciate you saying that because I care more about the person than I do. I mean, it's nice to have a successful career and songs that people like and stuff, but you got to be happy as a person. And that's more important. That trumps all of that. Yeah. You just, you, you have to enjoy yourself and you have to feel yeah. I mean, you, you, nobody can enjoy themselves twenty four seven. Let's not get like I'm yeah, not fair. you know saying that, but I'm saying it's just like the people in your life 
are the most important thing. What are you going to take with you when you're gone? Mm-hmm. Nothing but the love. Nothing. You're not taking the car, not taking the house, you're not taking the career, you're not, you know what I'm saying? You're not even taking the the, the relationship other than the love. Good. No, I appreciate you sharing that because. Bottom line. Bottom line. Do you love what you do? Do you love the people around you? And do you love yourself? Yeah. Do you know why? Other than that, nothing matters. Yeah. Yeah. And you shared your gift with the world and. Like, like to me, yeah. High Road Easy and Make You a Believer. Like when I first heard Make You a Believer, like that's one of my favorite songs. It, it was, you know, just meant a lot uh, to me. So, And what does that song say? I will make you a believer in yourself. It's your inner voice saying to you, wait a minute, I'll make you a believer in yourself. Yeah. No, that's great. In, in, in me, you know? Yeah. I heard yeah. that little voice inside my head and it said, I will make you a believer in, in yourself. And that's yeah. something people don't always notice in that song. They say, <laughs> make me a believer. You know that song, make me a believer? Yeah. Hey, Sash. Hey, Sash. <laughs> you know that song, make me a believer? I'm like, it's not make me a believer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Believe you. Well, though, it's cool. It, yes. It's one of those. My name isn't Sash. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yes, it's a, well, it's cool because it's one of those universal messages, right? I mean, it doesn't matter what you do. If you, I've often said, if you're going to get up and swing a baseball bat, you have to believe that you can do it. That's the first yes. prerequisite to even doing it. And you have to believe that you're worth something yeah. no matter what. The fact that you were born into this hologram means yeah. you're worth something. Absolutely, 100%. It wouldn't have come otherwise. Yeah. And it's like... Bugger society, bugger the culture, <laughs> bugger all of it. You know, yep. there's a reason you're here. Let's yep. find it. Woo-hoo! Many thanks to Sass Jordan for being part of the Liner Notes podcast and sharing some insights from her life in the music business and from life in general. More information is available at sassjordan.com, excellent website, and uh, Deco Entertainment, D E K O Entertainment.com forward slash Sass Jordan is where the new album's available. You can get that on there. And also, she's active on social media, Facebook, if you want to check that out as well. So, we hope you enjoyed the podcast and invite you to subscribe to it and share it on social media so others can enjoy it as well. And we invite you to listen to Dusty Discs Radio's uh, radio on Tuesdays and Thursdays to hear music from the Canadian artists you're hearing on this show, like the wonderful Sass Jordan. So, until next time, I'm Dan Hare. 